On today's episode, we're discussing who can practice yoga, why yoga is an important practice, what it means to meditate, and why yoga and meditation are essential practices for self-care and well-being. I'm Maria Geller, an Ayurveda medicine health counselor, Hatha yoga teacher, and a wellness coach. Welcome to Unleash Your Super Self, the podcast that explores self-care practices to support your journey to health, happiness, and personal transformation. Hi, everyone. I am so excited about today because today I'm launching my new podcast, Unleash Your Super Self. This is something that has come to my heart while I was searching for a different platform than my studio to connect with clients and with friends from all over the world who've asked me over the years to share my knowledge and my experiences with them. So in case you don't know who I am, I am Maria Geller, also known as Masha, and my yogini name is Rukmini. This is the name my guru gave me during my yoga studies. I was born in Kiev, Ukraine. Later, my family moved to Dallas, Texas, and that is where I grew up as a teenager. Later on, I followed my heart and moved to New York, where I've now lived most of my life. I'm also a blessed mom of a teenage boy and a teenage girl. My kids are pretty awesome. They are intelligent and kind, and they make this world a better place. They teach and inspire me to be my better self and remind me that I have so much to be grateful for in this life. We have the sweetest dog, Grayson. He loves the outdoors, running at the beach and hiking in the forest, and he brings us lots of joy. Aside from being a parent and a business owner, I have many hobbies that include photography, painting, playing music and singing, studying philosophy and psychology, and many more things that I love to do. About 10 years ago, I left my fashion-buying corporate job to finally follow the deep sensation of knowing that I needed to do something else for a living. I felt that I wanted my work to bring spiritual meaning and great purpose into my life. And although I had practiced yoga for a really long time before then, I never thought about becoming a yoga teacher or being in the field of healing people. When I left my corporate job, I didn't know then that I would officially become a certified yoga teacher and later complete graduate studies to become a yoga acharya or a yoga master. I didn't have the desire to work with children, adults, and the older adults in the capacity of a healthy yoga instructor or a wellness coach or even provide Ayurveda medicine advice to those who were ill or needed more holistic support. People began asking me to teach them yoga and to teach their kids yoga, and they were asking for advice on how to be happier and healthier while they were transitioning careers or working on bettering themselves. Senior centers began to reach out and hired me to work with their seniors, and then an opportunity came to open up my own studio, and with a lot of encouragement and support from my students and my yogi friends, I did. When I opened Manasa Yoga Studio and students continued to come and practice yoga with me and ask questions about our creation and our existence, such as, who am I? Where do I come from? What is creation? First, I never imagined that someone would ask me these questions. And second, that I had answers. As I continued to teach yoga and to navigate the business of running a new studio at the very same time, I was also working through challenging experiences in my private life. 
seeking to find information on how to heal my own body, mind, and spirit, I dove deeply into the studies of Ayurveda medicine and Western psychology. And as I pursued my graduate degree, my yoga studio began to transform as well into being much more than just a studio. I sat in my office with my wellness coaching head on, and over the years, I listened to people share their stories of experiencing abuse at home or wondering about family trauma that seemed to pass from generation to generation or divorce or sexual assault or body image issues, older adults experiencing fear of getting old and being afraid of death and feelings of deep loneliness, especially when their spouse died of old age or disease. Some clients share their lack of the desire to live or simply were unable to see the purpose to exist. Quite a few moms and dads out there feeling burnt out, depression, suffocating panic attacks that land them in a hospital, and persistent anxiety from the moment of waking up that lasts all day. When the advice I offered worked to improve the client's overall happiness and wellness and they returned to express their gratitude and tell me that their lives changed and how now they're in a different emotional and spiritual space in their body, mind and heart and how they were finding new success in their career or relationship or their journey, I knew in those moments then that with my heart, I had the ability to touch everyone else's heart and that those people were receiving the help from me that they needed in order to move through their pain into the path of healing. I knew that with all the yogic teachings that were passed down to me from the lineage of great gurus and the spiritual scriptures of Vedanta and the teachings of Ayurveda, I was able to offer these teachings to others, support their healing, and be in service to this world. I now know that I'm here to support people in transforming their lives to be happier, healthier, and to feel freer. I'm very grateful, and I feel so very humbled to be in service to others. So I'm so excited that I'm able to have this podcast where we can connect and have a conversation on a topic that matters to you. We will discuss topics such as how to have good sleep and how to have a healthy digestion and how to manage stress or how to process current events and trauma that is acquired by simply living. We will discuss what it means to meditate, how to connect to your heart, how to be more present to live your best life. You will get the tools to use to restore your body and mind and spirit, to build stronger immunity and resiliency, and of course, to truly understand the meaning of self-love and what self-care means. This podcast is going to be weekly on Wednesdays, and my hope is that you will be able to join every week and take away something each week that will support your well-being and self-care in a meaningful way. I also have some really amazing teachers and wonderful friends who are gifted in many special and unique ways and are also as passionate as I am about the work of healing people and serving this world, and I look forward to having them on my show. So welcome to Unleash Your Super Self Podcast. I would love to continue this episode with what I hear about frequently, such as, I'm not flexible enough to do yoga and I can't meditate, my mind is always thinking. So let's discuss the topic of not being flexible. If you're standing tall and you try to reach down to your feet to touch your toes in a forward bend and you can't, it means that your body is stiff, the muscles are tight, and that the movement within the body is possibly restricted as well. 
I want you to reach your toes and we've got to get you to reach your toes. However, it's not a problem if you can't stand on your hands and come into an inversion. There are other postures that you can do and receive a similar benefit from. You do not need to do a split or turn yourself into a pretzel. Yoga is not a circus. Yoga does not require you to be thin or strong or young or whatever else. I work with people of all sizes, of all different kinds of physical abilities, and of all ages. I consulted at a center where I believe my oldest client was 88 years old, and he couldn't reach his toes, and he had cancer. But he showed up every week, and he said to me that our yoga class gave him the strength to keep fighting, to keep going. Which shows you that there is more to this practice than doing splits, and that yoga practice can adapt according to your needs. And I have so many inspirational stories like this. If you take a yoga class and you don't like yoga, I encourage you to take a class with a different teacher until you find the teacher you like because us teachers are also unique and our teaching style is unique to us as well. It's important to remember to not compete with yourself or anyone else to not seek approval from yourself or from anyone else, not from your yoga teacher, not other yogis. Yoga practice is only yours. It belongs to you. In the book called Sutras of Patanjali, Yoga means to yoke. It means to unite the body, mind, and spirit. Yoga is about mindful movement, steady breath, and total conscious awareness on your present moment. The truth is when you live your life consciously, meaning you are aware of your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors, and you take care of your own breath to have a gentle rhythm and to be present in every moment, meaning you aren't stressing about the past and you aren't chasing your future, but you simply exist in the now, you are living yoga. So leave the judgment of not being flexible or whatever that judgment is aside. And during your practice, if you notice the areas that you would like to improve, make an effort to improve them then. The practice may not always be easy, but this is the practice. And this practice is part of a bigger whole. While you're working on the mat to improve your breath or your ease in the pose, you're improving your overall health and you are also acquiring tools in dealing with challenges in the world. The idea is that the tools you acquire during your asana practice on the mat are the same tools that you'll be able to use off the mat in the real world where breathing steadily or existing with ease can also be a tremendous challenge. Perhaps starting yoga at any age and at any level is great. But I'd say that if you have children, having them take a yoga class is something that I feel strongly about. It's one of those inexpensive but huge investments that you can make into their health and future happiness. It can provide your kids with benefits beyond their physical body, such as spiritual resiliency, introduce them to self-care practices, help them understand the meaning of self-love, and they will have their practice to serve them as an anchor to lean into whenever they need support. In other words, they will possess the tools to help them navigate the journey of life in a healthier way. Of course, my children have practiced yoga with me, and as everything changes, their desire to practice yoga changes as well. But because yoga is my work, and it is a huge part of my personal journey in life, they're always in yoga, so to speak. Let's continue with the topic of I can't meditate, my mind is always thinking. Our minds are always thinking. Our minds are generating thoughts around the clock. According to the Sutras of Patanjali, the book that spells out how to practice yoga and explains how the mind works in specific detail, it can be useful to know that the mind is a machine that constantly generates thoughts. 
It's a thought generator. I hope having this information brings you some relief from self-blame and judgment. Of course, we don't really stress when our thoughts are happy or pleasant, but we certainly care when the mind generates thoughts that cause us suffering and when these thoughts are out of control. When our thoughts cause us to feel depressed or sad or stuck and lethargic, when we have trouble waking up in the morning or getting out of bed or going to work, when we have trouble feeling motivation or passion in life in general, or when a simple task such as taking a shower takes a tremendous amount of effort, this certainly is a painful state to exist in. And it takes great amount of work and determination to change the mind patterns, to create new patterns, to create a different life. I feel though that a person who is sincerely motivated and taking accountability for their health and healing, I think it is possible to overcome this and to be happy and healthy. A mind can also generate burning or angry thoughts, agitated or anxious or fearful thoughts. And of course, we care about these thoughts also because we don't want to be angry in life and we don't want to stay up at night thinking instead of sleeping and resting. And we don't want these thoughts to manifest in our interaction with other people. We don't want to snap angrily at our partner or child or any other person or pet because that's the state of our mind. We don't want our fear to hold us back from getting the job we want or leaving the job we do not want. We don't want our anxious thoughts to hold us back from leaving a relationship that is hurtful or to hold us back from being in a good relationship. We don't want to be afraid to use our own voice to be who we truly are. In reality, every being just wants to be happy. We all want to live our lives happy and free of pain and suffering. We all want to experience true joy, true passion, true love. We all want our lives to have meaning and purpose. And for this to happen, we must be able to control or perhaps the better word is to regulate our thoughts, emotions and behaviors. And to do just that, we need to understand how the mind works. The mind can also generate thoughts pure in nature. This mind is peaceful and awake. It is filled with lots of light and spiritual awareness, and it sees clearly beyond the ego. This mind has the potential to know the ultimate truth. The ultimate truth is a place of freedom, total liberation. It's a place of ananda, which means bliss. The sages have known for thousands of years before now how the mind works and how to fix the mind. Their studies went beyond modern medicine to include the study of the soul and creation. However, modern psychology is relevant and is appropriate in helping us navigate the states of our mind as well. I'm a supporter of psychotherapy with a licensed psychotherapist. I have benefited from this type of therapy myself. Certain conditions are outside of my scope of practice, and I feel that sometimes we can all benefit more by simply having additional support. My hope is, though, that through this podcast, I can offer you additional tools to support you on your healing journey. So if you're here for this reason and you continue to show up, I will continue to show up for you as well. As you see, the mind seems like a complex machine, but its only job is to generate thoughts, which can be a combination of all three groups to different degrees of proportion. And as the science of Ayurveda dictates, disease begins in the mind. So the mind must receive proper attention. But here's another important teaching, and I really hope you take advantage of this one. The master of the body is the mind. The master of the mind is your breath. So if you can control your breath, you can control your life. For example, 
Let's say that when I have fearful thoughts, I begin to feel scared and agitated, maybe angry or panicky. As a result of these fearful thoughts and my feelings that relate to those thoughts, my physical body becomes very tense and rigid and maybe highly alert. I notice that my breath follows as well and becomes quick and short and shallow. In this example, the thoughts are obviously affecting the emotions and the physical body. And of course, if these fearful thoughts persist and continue to multiply and gain momentum, everything in the body, mind, and spirit will be affected as well. My breath will continue to be shallow and fast. My heartbeat will also speed up. As a result, I will quickly identify with the fear and I will no longer be in charge. My mind will take over and become in charge of my thoughts and of my body. I don't want the mind to be in the driver's seat in this case at all. So I will bring my attention to my breath. I will begin to consciously change my breathing pattern. There are many breathing techniques available. The go-to here for me in this case may be slow, deep, diaphragmatic breathing. We will talk about the breathing techniques, why they work, and how they affect our nervous system in general in this podcast as well. As I change the pattern of my breath, I notice my mind slowing down. I notice that I'm in control again. This is pretty cool because I don't need to actually know the physiological details of how this happens in order to experience relief. The tricky part in this whole example is to actually be aware of the psychological phenomena that is occurring in the mind itself at all times. The tricky part is to remember that by changing the pattern of the breath, you can change the path the mind takes you on and you can alter the state of your being. And of course, this is useful for people who struggle with depression or anxiety or panic attacks, including PTSD. And this is when meditation practice becomes key. And having a regular and consistent meditation practice is also key because in meditation, you are observing yourself thinking and you're training your mind to be your servant, not your master. Having a regular and consistent practice will trigger you to remember in times of despair that we have a choice of what we think and how we respond to our thoughts and emotions. This brings us back to the topic of I can't meditate. My mind is always thinking. I want to help you move beyond this thinking pattern because I want you to experience relief from thinking. Begin with yourself by changing your narrative and instead of negative self-talk, say, I can meditate, my mind is open and calm. And say it like you mean it. Take it a step further and say it like you already possess the skill and you feel it in your body. Please remember, positive thoughts create a positive mind. Negative thoughts create a negative mind. This teaching is very direct. Make the decision to choose positive thoughts as your overall wellness is deeply affected by what you feed your mind. Next week, I will guide you through a simple meditation practice which you will be able to do on your own, wherever you are and whenever you desire. What I want is for this podcast to be a place for us to discuss topics that matter to your health and happiness and well-being. I want us together to navigate ways of utilizing tools that have existed for thousands of years before our time. I want to share all this with you so that not only you can be free of disease, but so that you can find fulfillment and thrive in this lifetime. This is my first Unleash Your Super Self episode, and it was very exciting for me to record. I would love to hear from you. Please send any questions you may have or any topic that you would like to be included in future episodes to Hello at MariaGeller.com. 
I look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you next week for our meditation practice. Om Shanti. Om Peace. I'm Maria Geller, and you've been listening to Unleash Your Super Self podcast. If you're interested in connecting with me or have any questions about my one-on-one offerings, please go to mariageller.com. You can also follow Unleash Your Super Self on Instagram. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And join me next week for another Unleash Your Super Self episode. Thank you for listening. Namaste.